Hey, Frank here up in uh, Talkeetna, Alaska. We're at the Sheep Creek Lodge. I'm with Mark Taylor from Alaska Precision Rifle. Mark was my platoon sergeant back in the Marine Corps. We also have a past student, James Drayton, with us. Jimmy D. Jimmy D's here. We're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, what we're doing up here with our Precision Rifle classes. But first, Mark, who, you, who stays in the room right next to me at the Sheep Creek Lodge, has a little story to tell you. You guys know I'm not full of shit, right? I'm, I don't, I'm not known to be full of shit. Well, I've already had my Norbert uh, run in when my dog just sprung up one day and, and started uh, barking toward the vanity. But uh, yesterday, I set an alarm. I set, had set an alarm for 6.45. At 6.44, I hear something crash in my room. And it sprung my eyes open. Now I'm listening for something you know else. And I hear nothing. I, I, I raise up, look around, and my, I don't know, Your man, my man purse, it was sitting on the on the uh, range bag, you know, type thing that you take to the range, was sitting squarely on the table, now it's laying on its side, on the chair, next to the table. What do you do with that, Frank? You, you can't do nothing with it. it. It is what it is. I mean, it... In, the tablecloth, because there's these light, undisturbed. Yeah, undisturbed. So the tablecloth, if you pushed it off, you would have caused a lot of ripples in the tablecloth because it's a lightweight tablecloth on a on a little table. round, like you know, little table, man. It's just a, like a little uh, restaurant table, really. Wouldn't you call them, James? About yeah. a and then they got these little steel chairs that you know, one chair, one little small three foot table in the room. And Mark's bag's like a twelve by nine, wouldn't you say? It's a nylon it's leather. Too. Yeah, it's like a it's like a range bag, isn't it? That you use as it is, a brief- it's supposed to be. It's a voodoo tactical range bag. I think. There you go, yeah. voodoo tactical range bag that he uses as a briefcase. And you know the the funny thing is for us, every Norbert experience is early in the morning. Yeah. You know, six twenty to six forty four. Yeah, six forty four. It didn't like my alarm, so at six forty four, the minute before my alarm was going off, it woke me up. So. Give us a quick little rundown of what's going on in the class here, man. Tell, tell, give us your perspective of the classes because we're right. we're in the middle of uh, PR two. Well, I got a chest cold, so if I go into a coughing fit, I'm going to step away and just cough into a towel. But um, the what I noticed yesterday was the quality of student in the last four years. By the end of the first day, has come a long way. Mm-hmm. We've changed what we've been, how we've been handling them. We've changed uh, some of our processes, uh, changed, changed a few slides, changed around here and there, but we're coming up with some really unique, and, and from what I, what I mean by unique is, is that it's not taught anywhere, Frank, and, and it's having an effect. It's given us a better quality student at the end of the first day. I, I don't know. It's different from the lower 48. It's going in a different direction. Everybody wants to go in the competition direction. So they're looking for, and, and I don't, like I said, it's context. I take nothing away from this. They're looking for the shortcuts on how to game a match. And so they're getting away from certain fundamentals, and it goes more towards the equipment. It goes more towards how to not influence that equipment and get in and out quickly, which that's a skill to the game. I mean, we were just talking this morning about Forrest, uh, the female shooter that we had. She's a junior Olympic stuff. That girl is a true athlete. Stunning young lady. And first of all, stunning young lady. So she takes you back. She's just she's just a beautiful young girl. And that means nothing, of course, right, for right. shooter. But but basically she was ice cold, Frank. We were doing it, we were doing a uh, a final eval on her, 
and uh, she had this biting fly. They're they're horrible. They're like a horse fly. Yeah, you know, it feels like a horse fly when they when they smack you, and it's crawling across her shooting hand thumb. She's floating her thumb on top, and it's crum it's crawling across her shooting hand thumb, and she just she just played it. She just didn't move. Did, did not move. Then it flew and landed on her cheek, and was crawling across her face, and she wasn't even blinking. I said it was driving me crazy, so I smacked it away. <laughs> I said I can't let you go through that, man. I was seeing my daughter, you know. What yeah, I, mean? yeah. I can't let you go through that. But, and, and but she was ice cold, and she was a hammer. She and, was absolutely, absolutely set her bullseye. Yeah, and I was telling James, man, we were down on the other end of the line. She was down on one end with me and everything, and then you know we switch up. I go to your side, you come to my side, and I go down to your side, and you and I are talking with a group of students there. I turn around and look. She's standing right over us. Practically taking notes in her mind. Yes. Yep. Yep. Looking at the instruction and everything. And, and she's she's sitting there looking at what we're telling these other guys. And so, you know, you don't always see that in the classes. And, um, you know, just to kind of get in, since we've got James here, you're what class were you in? Do you remember what number? Yeah, I was the, the first PR2 in June last year. And then in July, I took the... Uh, uh, or PR1 in June, the PR2 in July. What year was it? Just last year. Oh, it was just last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, tell us what you, like, what your mindset coming into it was, and then what you got out of it. And then you've been a staple in helping us quite a bit this year. Uh, in, invaluable to have uh, range help like James. But, well, he became a buddy of mine, and, and he wants participation in Precision Rifle Course, Alaska Precision Rifle Course. And so he's my right-hand you know, he's my mm -hmm. lieutenant, I guess you could say, but uh, helps me with a lot of things, man. He does train ups on his own now, you know, for guys who are just starting out, get him to a place where I can start handling them. Well, right look now. at Greg. Greg got with Mike. He met a guy at a range. He's a former student. He's here for PR2. Yep. He and a student, student coming from Valdez, Alaska, which is five and a half hours over there from Anchorage. And he wants to know how he can get trained up. I said, look up this prior student, Greg in town because uh, he's taken both courses. Greg worked with, uh, met him at the range, worked with him, and he was an absolute clone of, uh, of me or you yeah. when he got to the initial eval. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead, James. Tell, tell your bit what your mindset was coming in and, and what, you got, what you got out. Sure, absolutely. So during this podcast, I, you know, I've listened to him like you guys have been listening to him, and you know, they always talk about that good, bad shooter. Well, I was the mediocre bad shooter when, when I walked into Wiggies and said, hey, Sergeant Taylor, I want to learn how to shoot long range. And uh, he gave me a few things that I needed to work on, uh, mostly so I could you know, fit the rifle well. Um, first off, he talked to me about equipment, and he got me into a TRG, great rifle. I went with 308 so I could learn wind and not uh, – I wanted to start at the very basics. He wasn't looking for a race gun. He was right. looking for a stable platform that, that was precise right out of the box. Right, right. And so I went with that. He got me down, and, you know, my groups went from being – you know, inch and a half, two inches at 100 yards to where I could get down to mid of angle and, and less most of the time. Um, the biggest thing that I saw in, in my time through the two courses is that when you guys talk about fundamentals, you're not just talking about them. Everything that I've missed, every shot that I've missed, everything that I've, I've, I've blown over the last couple of times that I've been shooting, if I'm honest with myself, it goes back to something I've, I've Real concentration and compromise my fundamentals every time. And so that's the biggest thing that I've taken away is just how good a foundation you build is really how far you can go. And it's, 
been phenomenal. We hammer forge the found fundamentals, Frank. Uh, we take it back to the original, man. We we take it back to that foundation because without that foundation, what the heck, man? You know, it's like you got a mediocre bad shooter. Right, right. You're a good bad shooter, and and we don't want good bad shooters. I'd rather you be a a, a fundamentally good shooter. And even if you just stick to the prone and, and, and not interested in that, or just for you, you know, so we make sure we break it down and we don't cut these guys no slack. We don't say, hey, that guy's not interested. We're hammering them away and, and sticking with them. I mean, even like Kevin and stuff, you know, he was struggling a little bit uh, and getting that thing. We completely reshaped his rifle, set it up for him. And then got on him, and now the guy's doing well, and he's happy in the class, and and, and all that kind of stuff. Because, you, you know, it's 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 about that rifle fitment. It's about how you drive that rifle, and then those fundamentals. And you know, another thing that I've seen is that you know, with this this uh, foundation that we're building with fundamentals, you can take that from platform to platform. I see a lot of different students in these classes jumping on each other's rifles and trying them out, and the fundamentals fit no matter what it is. You know, we've got guys up here with, with game guns. Mm -hmm. There are some guys. There's guys here with, you know. Yeah, Steve got an MPA 6mm. Um, Joe just showed up with a 6-dasher. He made that. He's here helping out and stuff. So these guys are, are do go into that direction, but they're doing it after getting a foundation. And like you said, they can change platforms really easy, and it all translates. And then you get the guy that comes back and says, hey, look, I went to, you know, New Zealand, and I shot, you know, Atard or something, you know, at, at some bazillion, you know, unheard of distance, you know, before. Yeah, Wild Bill and his thing at 580. Well, we're doing so well that law enforcement agencies are seeking us, Frank, and they want to come back next year. So yeah. Basically, uh, we're doing something right. I, I think so. The word's getting out up here, and that's really good. And 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 it's 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 what what do they call it? Is in like Alaska, the last frontier. They say that it's the untapped. You know what I mean? And it's not spoiled by even the internet hasn't really spoiled it because you don't have guys living in in their phones and on in their internet. And when when you say, "Hey, we're doing hard data dope and all that stuff," you don't have guys trying to put their face in the phones. And and yeah, last you know yesterday afternoon at the end of the day, we went back to the classroom. I did plug my phone into the TV. And I demoed stuff and showed it, and I trued up guys who do have Kestrels. Guys go out here and buy Kestrels, uh, AB stuff. I, I did BCs for guys because we had 800-yard dope for everybody. I trued uh, at least three or six BCs, then tweaked the muzzle velocity, and it lined up much better for them. The curves were better. We did scope test yesterday, pulled the scope tool off. I mean, I Very successful. Found about six out of 19... Uh, firearms or scopes that uh, we're tracking 100%. Yeah. Some above, some below, but um, nothing real drastic. 199 was the average. Yeah, yeah. 99 and 101. Yep. So, I mean, it, it, it matters. that, And it's funny, too, because, like, when I did the Kestrel and everything uh, for one of the guys, it, it, he needed, uh, you know, like 3.5. Uh, or That was at his 600, I think. I don't remember what his 8 was. But he was, like... 0.46, you know, in the Kestrel, and he needed like 3.5 for this number. And it's like, well, we found his scope track and was that little bit off, and it made that little extra bump that hit him in that 3.5 right on the nose. It you lined know? up the curve. It lined up the curve for him just with that little 0.99 change, you know, 0.99, I guess it would be. And, and that that matters, you know, that's, that's part of the game. If 
if you're playing software and you're not calibrating your scope, you're not doing it right. And, and you know, we, we came up and did the scope tool up here. Yeah, scope that, tool was, was conceived in the Wiggy Band. Mark and Frank conceived the scope tool in the Wiggy Band. <laughs> like There's the, no video of that. There's like no the, video of that. Thing, sorry. Like so, the 70s, right? <laughs> um, one thing I want to say, though, is that, you know, we're going back to the, you know, this class and everything that it's produced over the four years now. Yep. Okay. Is that uh, there's a Alaska Rifle Club has a solstice match every year. The last two years, first, second, third place, the podium. Members of this class have swept the podium in the last two years. That's yeah, a 20 round group. I mean, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like an F class. Isn't it, it challenges your rifle. Yeah. But it, but it's, it's challenging your tactical rifle with a 20 round group. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just fun. But uh, yeah, we make a good well, showing. That's it too, right? They're shooting that 20 round sort of, isn't it on paper target F class? Yeah. Yep. With their RPRs and their different rifles. Yep. They're not yeah, using, they're, they're shooting they're, tactical rifles. They're shooting tactical rifles in an F class match down at, was it J Bear? Is that where yep. they have it? Yep. Yeah, J Bear. And, um, you know, boom, these guys are taking their tactical guns, going to J Bear, shooting an F class match, and like James just said, sweeping the podium. Boom. Two years in a row now. Just, just, as, you know, it's just a matter of coincidence. What happened with you? What do you mean? Didn't, didn't you drop a few points? I I, <laughs> I was, have no idea why I got a, a, a flyer out left, uh, but into the eight ring. It was incredible. Yeah. I was I was on I was on track for a for a two hundred, I don't know, fifteen X and basically I just blew one <laughs> shot, so I shot a one ninety eight fourteen. Yeah, nah, I'm just breaking Mark's balls, man. He does really well up there at that uh that match. He shoots it all the time and it's good training, right? It's it's on paper. You, you, you got a half MOA X-ring, and, and it's really good training. Yep. It's late in the day because it's the solstice match. It starts at 6 p.m. and we've got wind, so it's, it's good. Yeah, the weather comes in late here in the afternoons and stuff. We all announced a rainstorm last night, huh? Yeah. That freaking downpour. Again. Yeah, it's a good thing, I though. I sleep through that. Be- better, than, uh, better than during the class. But... Okay, so how are we going to challenge them today, Frank? Um, a little UKD. We're going to move some stuff up, barricades, um, the tank traps. Uh, James built a nice new tank trap because the other guys ran over our other one. <laughs> That's all right. They're they're working on the range, and um, so we're gonna go get them off their bellies today. The the, the goal is tripods, get them off their bellies, <laughs> barricades, the tank traps, and the stuff. Uh, we have the stick that you guys made uh, last year for a match, didn't you? Have, like, oh, a Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. It looks it's it's a basically it's a it's it looks like a Bruce Lee's little kung fu thing, but only like three <laughs> inches around. And it's got sticks coming off of it for them to put their rifles on to represent what they see in the field when they're hunting. Tripod work. Lots of tripod work. Yeah. The the, the tripod solves so many problems without having to look to a natural support. You can, you can, you can make your own level of support without, um, you know, where you want it, when you want it, how you want it. And, and I think that's a that's an important factor with a tripod. Even talking with Greg, um, you know, he goes up and goes around hunting and he's telling me a story that, you know, he got down in the snow, everything sank in, nothing worked. He ended up standing up and leaving and not finishing the hunt that he was having. He said, damn, if I had your tripod, I would have just stuck it in the snow and I would have just sat down, stood up or whatever I had to do. And I could have I could have finished my hunt. But instead, he's trying to compromise on top of the ground with all that snow and you just can't. It just doesn't really work that way, trying to go prone on something to shoot a little farther. And, and so he, he, he kind of bailed on that. But, but if, if, you're, if you're new to off your belly and you're going to purchase a tripod, get a good one. 
just save up your money, get a good one. Because if you're buying flimsy tripods, it's just not going to give you, it's not going to deliver the precision or accuracy that you're expecting. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. So so spend the money, get a good one, get a good ball head. Frank, uh, you you got the what? The really right stuff. Yeah, the yeah. B and even Joe PP with the BH fifty five on the hog saddle legs. So the whole thing cost him seven hundred bucks. Uh, you know, a little eight hundred, I guess it would be. But he went for the the BH fifty five. And then he went for the carbon fiber before they, they discontinued and moved them the um PRST or whatever it is, that one that um the Norway one. And Joe PP's got a heavy rifle. Oh Jesus, it's, it's bigger than me. If you go on if you go on Facebook, there's the picture of me uh standing next to Joe and his rifle. His rifle is taller than I am. He does three hundred normal and then he has an almost identical one in six five Creedmoor. And I think it's just as tall as I am too. Thirty three inch barrel. Yeah, yeah, it was it's normal it's a thirty three inch barrel. And I don't know what his creed is, but Joe's Joe's funny. And then he, he has his he has his penis pump that he puts in there. What did we call that last night? Oh, the J the J something the J something. We had, it was really funny. J Pap the J Pap yeah like the, the like a CPAP machine. It's a J Pap machine. It evacuates his bore, cleans or, or cools his bore down. It's, it's his Alaska. His bore's going to cool anyway, but he wants it cool now so he can get back on the line. Yeah, yeah. His J Pap machine. He's got a Coleman uh, air mattress pump. Yeah, with, with a hose, with a rubber just, hose, man. Yeah, absolutely, like he's gonna. Everybody's ears start blowing out. up. If you get your electronic oh. ears on, everybody's ears start blowing up as soon as he turns it on. Yeah, sounds like a Hoover vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, JPP's great, man. He's 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 the he's the class mascot for sure. And um, no, what else? And then we got in, we start another uh, kind of like a hybrid class tomorrow. It's a private class. Yep. Um, Davis Constructors purchased uh, two days of instruction, two days at the lodge. And we're going to give them a class act, man. Uh, I don't know what kind of equipment they're going to bring, but I can only assume it's not going to be all tactical. There'll be some hunting rifles. So Frank and I will be challenged, student to student, to provide the same level of instruction uh, to, to each, and they'll get it. Yeah. I mean, it, we've not had a guy show up with a, like a subpar hunting rifle that can't even dial past 400 yards, walk away disappointed. You know, and that to me is that, you know, it's one thing when you get a guy that comes with a Ruger RPR, a Night Force Shiv, and, and you know, in 6.5 Creed more, and he's brand new, you know, and put it together, and you and you take him out. But then it's when the guys come with the 270s. Who's the guy with Napa that had the uh, Ruger American 223? Yeah. That was, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was banging out the 6, 650? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Prairie Dog Hunter. Yeah, I, I don't want to say, I want to say Dave, but that's not right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was Dave. But I know he had a Ruger American two two three, and and he he lasered out to six hundred with it, you know, right. in the cold here. Here's the thing: the the density altitude yesterday was eighty one. Wow, you know, and, sure. and and so that's the conditions these guys are shooting in. When what switchy winds yesterday, huh? They they come over the top. These are lanes cut in the woods, and when the velocity increases, it sort of skips over the top of the lane. But then it swirls down at a thousand, and and then when it comes behind us and it gets all kind of crazy, it switches up. Once that speed gets up about that six eight miles an hour here, we don't feel it that strong on us, but you can see it down the lane, and and it was it was switchy yesterday. That was that was pretty challenging. Guys shooting high at the nine hundred because if you it, it enters from the left, but it builds up momentum, and if you stand at the nine hundred face the shooting line. You're getting a big breeze in your face. Yeah. And so guys are, are actually picking up uh, a tenth or, or losing a tenth, gaining a tenth, I should say, uh, between the eight and the nine that they don't really suspect is going to happen. Yeah, no, it's all good stuff. And um, 
Now, we just want to make sure we get this thing out. This will be a little shorter one for you guys. But, uh, hey, I want to shout out to the, everybody in uh, Afghanistan downloaded this. I saw the comments on Podbean. Uh, you guys are spending an hour to download this uh, in, in Afghanistan. That's fantastic. You guys stay safe out there and, and, and don't really mess around. But uh, I want to thank you all for, for listening to the Everyday Sniper. Thanks, James, for all the hard work he's doing, um, you know, with the coordinations and the things. James does a lot of behind the scenes. It, it, it really is, um, makes the class what it is, having the, the crew that Mark's assembled up here. And then Mark for his stuff. And we'll talk some more. We'll do another one of these, uh, Mark and I, and kind of do a final debrief. You know, um, if the wiggy van was a little quieter inside, you got to soundproof it. Yeah. We could do it on the ride down, but yeah. the wiggy van's got a little bit of... 1990 Chevy G10. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's world famous. Yep. It, it really, it really is. Everybody recognizes the wiki van. So, uh, no, all good stuff, man. We got to go up in seven forty-five up and have the, uh, lunch or breakfast later. Say, guy. See ya.